This, this ain't jump, jump. This, this ain't, ain't slam. slam. The, the name, name of this record is Bounce. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Friendly Bounce's WNBA podcast. I'm Jack Maloney here for Friendly Bounce, Hardwood Proxies, and Basketball Network with my guy, Zachary Bennett, as always. Obviously, the WNBA playoffs going on right now, so we're going to talk a little bit about the, the recent action. We're recording this on, on Sunday night after uh, today's doubleheader between the, the Liberty, uh, who beat the Mystics to force a Game 3, and the uh, Sparks who beat the Lynx to force a Game 3. So, uh, Zach, what do you, uh, you know, what were your sort of general thoughts about today's games? I, did, I admittedly didn't uh, didn't get to watch a lot of the first one between uh, Washington and New York, so I will concede to you on that one, but there are a lot of opinions that I have about the, the, the second game, the Lynx and Sparks, so why don't start with the early one because I didn't uh, I admittedly didn't see much of it okay so I mean to be honest you didn't really miss a whole lot it it was not quite the game these few teams played the other day um I don't know how much you had a chance to watch of that one but that was a thriller I didn't get to watch it live um because I had to work but I watched the replay and that I mean that was fantastic that double overtime game no, I did get to see that one, and that one I was actually watching from Meteor Row on my laptop at the Lynx game. It was early in the game, so I was getting humble away brag. with that. That's a solid <laughs> humble brag. The humble brag, yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, we'll get, you, you got big things coming up, too, later. We'll save them for later. We'll build some anticipation. Jack, Jack's got some exciting things he needs to say eventually. It's true. It might be, it might be true, actually. No, can't, can't rule it out. <laughs> Um, so today, in D.C., the Mystics had the chance for the sweep, but the Liberty just, they weren't having it. Um, I mean, really from the jump, it was, it was all Liberty. Uh, Tina Charles had 17 in the third quarter. She outscored the Mystics by herself in the third quarter. Um, it was a 20-point game the whole fourth quarter. Uh, the Liberty won 86-68. Yeah, it's is it got to be a really disappointing um, if you're Washington uh, with the chance to to close out the Liberty who you've had you know a lot of success against on your home court you stole game one and you just come out and get destroyed um, you know that's pretty disappointing I you didn't really miss too much of it though. <laughs> Yeah, I, no, I can do. I won't leave you hanging in the in the dust. I can do the stat nerd thing here, and I'm looking at the at the box score, and they got uh, really nothing at all from their starters. Taylor Hill had 19 off the bench, but other than that, Ivory Latta had 15, and nobody else scored in double digits. Emma yeah. Mason was two two of seven from yeah. the field. Um, yeah, it's just I mean Natasha Cloud. And, Ivory Ladder, although Ladder was 
okay scoring wise, both efficiently, uh, and you know points total. But her plus minus was a negative sixteen, so it's just her and Natasha Klaus. Just uh, yeah, it looks ugly on paper as much as it seems to have on the television. Yeah, like you say. And the, the Mystics had a lot. Of, they had fourteen turnovers. Um, the Liberty only had six. Like it just all around was a pretty ugly game well, from from Washington's well, standpoint. Well, I mean, do you, what was your prediction for this series? Um, was it a did you go New York in three or did you call the sweep? You might have to listen back. So I know. I, I, I think. I, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, right. I, I, I think I think I went New York in three, but I wanted to go Washington in three. I and I know I've I picked. High, I've been high. Sorry. I'm waiting. No, it's all good. No, I'm waiting. Uh, go ahead. I I know I picked New York. I believe I said yeah, I two. Okay. Um, I was not confident whatsoever in the Mystics heading into this series. And obviously they proved me wrong in game one because that was a tremendous performance. Like, Lada hit a three to tie it at regulation and Misaman hit a bucket to tie it in the first overtime. Like, that, the Liberty easily could have won that game. Um, but I just, I think, I mean, we, we'll talk about this later, but I think, I think today was the Mystics' chance if they wanted to win this series. Okay. All right. So you still have, your, you're holding true to the Liberty. You're going to think you think they're going to pull out game three? Yes. Okay. I Can I switch my my pick? Can I go Washington? Can, am I allowed yeah. to do that? You can do whatever you want. Where the... All right. I'm, I'm switching. I'm flopping. I think Washington can get it done in game three. Yeah, I mean... Do we want to just talk about it right now? I just... I don't think they're... I don't think they're going into Madison Square Garden and Madison Square Garden and winning again. I that place is going to be rocking. I just don't see it happening. Did you want to discuss this after we went over links and uh, arch action? Yeah, we can we can do whatever. The other game today, Los Angeles and Minnesota. You're you're our our resident links guy, so. Why don't you fill us in on what what went down? Um, well, it was a very if you're if you're a Lynx fan, it was a very difficult game to watch, especially the second quarter uh, when the Lynx only scored 11, and I think at one point uh, Los Angeles was up, I want to say 19 during the first half. Yeah, and it was just the Lynx couldn't stop anybody. The Lynx couldn't get anything going on offense. Um, Los Angeles wasn't applying so much full-court pressure as they were half-court, half I guess. They were meeting them at half-court or, or three-quarters courts just on the, on their side of the, the defensive side of the floor and you know, trying to trap them into uh, the corners right when you cross half-court. And I think it really, you know, the Lynx couldn't orchestrate their offense because when they orchestrate their offense, they do it at the top of the key when you have somebody as long as Candace Parker standing there, you know, with her arms spread out so you can't get to that area and you're double teaming the ball handler, it's it's hard to get your offense going and um, they could never really get it into Sylvia Fowles at all, but 
they come out in the second half and go on a 9-0 run and throughout the rest of the game. I think they had it within uh, four, but they just couldn't surpass uh, Los Angeles. and looked like they exhausted all their energy just in the third quarter of the comeback. But uh, Maya Moore scored 33. She was 13 of 26 from the field. It's just they need they that need was to find game. a way or, I'm sorry, the last game. I'm looking at the last game. She had um, she had 27 today. She, I mean, she was really good. 20, she, yeah, she, she had 27, and she probably was relatively inefficient, but it doesn't matter. Because not, no, that's, not 9 of 17. I'm looking. Um, let me see. Yeah, yeah, 9 of 17. But, I mean, it doesn't matter. She could go 9 of 30. Yeah. And, I mean, the only... There was a sequence during the fourth quarter in which it was maybe three of five or three of six possessions in which Simone Augustus was just creating off the dribble and, you know, taking shots that, you know, because she's Simone Augustus, they might go in. Uh, right. We've seen them go in in the past, and they just didn't fall. And I think if she hits, you know, a couple more, if not all of those, which is a lot to ask, granted, but, I mean, they had opportunities the opportunities that they had to get back in the game were just shots like those or, or Maya Moore pulling up in transition. They never really had a fluid offensive game going at any at any time, I thought. Yeah, I mean, six, 16 turnovers, like you were saying, it, you know, the, the Lynx are certainly capable of playing a lot better than that. Um, and if I remember correctly, they, last game, was like kind of the opposite in that the Lynx forced a lot of Sparks turnovers and really benefited from that. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, that definitely that definitely happened. Um, but yeah, like you were saying with Augustus missing a bunch of shots there in the fourth quarter, like there is there is a stretch where it like got super sloppy and like both teams both teams traded like missed layups on just super easy fast break like they're just missing layups turnovers just dumb passes um and then all of a sudden like it just like a switch just flipped and it was like Dabovich drilled a three Maya came down drilled a three Candace came down got a bucket Whalen came down and got a bucket like like as soon as as fast as it was like going just like the game was going off the rails like all of a sudden it just flipped and for like 30 seconds Maybe like thirty, forty-five seconds is some of like the best basketball I've seen in a while, and like both teams were just running their stuff perfectly and getting buckets. Um, but yeah, it was a f- yeah, and if, it was a fun game. I thought. I think yeah, I I agree on all those points. And if you remember when we previewed the series, we discussed how bad the benches were and the difference in the game entirely tonight is Anna Dabovich because she gives you 24 minutes, she scores 19 points and has seven assists. Yeah. Like, I mean, the Lynx, the, the Lynx had six bench points, and you know, that's less that's less than the number of assists Anna Donovan's had. <laughs> so when you get that type of production, I mean, we haven't even discussed that Obumake went out with a strained neck is what they said. They yeah. Were, worried that on the broadcast that it was going to be a concussion because that's why she missed a bunch of games late in the season and they were testing her but I mean 
for Los Angeles to win in the fashion that they did and for the Lynx to look as out of sync as they did was concerning. If you're a Lynx fan, I think, definitely. Yeah, and Candace, Candace Parker, I thought, was a lot more aggressive. You know, she almost a triple-double, 25 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 assists. Um, and, you know, 9 of 20 shooting. I I don't have it off the top of my head how many shots she took last game, but it just felt to me like she was she was just more, as a whole, just more, like, involved in the game um, from, like, a possession-to-possession basis. You know, she played pretty much the whole time, you know, 38 minutes. Um, it She was just a lot more involved, and that's, like, the Sparks need that from from her, especially once Agumwake went out. Like, Parker has to has to be running the show for them to be successful. Yeah, I don't I don't even know if it at this point Jack and it, it might it almost pains me to say, but I I think it's almost LA's to lose. It's an inch, I mean the way with with how the game went down today is just I don't know why Renee Montgomery can't play more minutes, especially if Anna Cruz is going to play more minutes. There are times when Although late in the second half of today's game, Lindsey Whalen came up big. And maybe it's just taken her this long to get back into the flow of things. But at times, especially during the first game, um, when she really didn't do all that much, she scored two points and had a, had an assist. <laughs> she was a, a net negative 16. So, I mean, she's really struggled at times. And... Renee Montgomery as well. She played late in the season for her not to get minutes, and they were saying on the broadcast that Reeve doesn't trust her, and I sort of agree with from what I've heard her say this year, and some of it's Renee's fault, too. She commits to stupid turnovers sometimes and, and makes mistakes just like almost everybody else, but it's, it was to the point today where it's like, they couldn't score. They scored 11 <laughs> points in the second quarter. You're up you're up a game. It's still somewhat early. It's the second quarter of today's game. It's like throw. I don't know why you don't throw somebody out there just looking for a spark. I mean, they have. Uh, I mean, they have Trisha Liston who hasn't played a minute. She's the most accurate three-point shooter in the league. Yeah. It's. I understand wanting to shorten your rotations, but you have to find ways to score, and you don't have a very. You don't have very much opportunities to do it with the how short the games are, them being 10 minutes each quarter and it only being a three-game series, I realized that you've you got to play it careful, but at some point you need to do some things that can help your team win. Yeah, it's it almost seems like, I mean, like, Waylon and Augustus are so talented that, like, you have to bring them back, but it, it does seem like bringing them back has kind of disrupted something, like, you know, it's they lose a lot of talent without those two, but like with Cruz and Montgomery, like playing the, the way they were, it seemed like the Lynx, you know, you know had a had a good sort of chemistry, kind of figuring out. And that I think they play fast. Yeah, I think they play faster. It's like over the course of time, you would obviously want to have Augustus and Waylon playing more minutes, but it's like. They just came back, and like you almost you don't have enough time in the playoffs, like in a three-game series, to like, to get that rust off and figure things out. 
and like you know if it's a seven game series it's one thing but your three game series you you know you lose this one and then you know all of a sudden you're facing elimination and like you still really don't seem to have everything back on track like uh and it's tough like cause you're not gonna sit Waylon and Augustus obviously like you're just not gonna do that but I don't know it in some way, it sometimes seems like it's hurting the team um, to have Waylon out there at times. I I wholeheartedly agree with a lot of what you just said, but the counter argument to that, I think, is look how many games that that trio, especially throw Maya in there too. So Waylon, Maya, and Simone Augustus together, and look how many games played they have together between the U.S. Olympic teams and uh, at the World Championships and how many games they've played together. It was a question that came up a lot this week, and every answer to it, whether it was Simone or Meyer or Lindsay, it was like, yeah, we, we you know, the chemistry is it's there. We feel that it didn't take that long. But to your point, it looks like the offense stagnates sometimes. And, uh, I think specifically with Waylon more than it does Augustus. Augustus is more likely to defer to teammates and sort of try to feel her way back into the game. And that's why you see her shoot on consecutive possessions because there are times when, when Reeve has to yell at her to, to just try to score to take over. <laughs> and so she isn't, she's not, uh, she's not chucking in that sense, but yeah. Uh, you know, maybe you experiment with a different lineup, and you maybe you move you move Simone to the to the four. You have Waylon and either Renee Montgomery or Cruz, and you play Maya at the three. And I think with how athletic and quick Augusta or uh, Los Angeles's guards are, it's to just continually throw out the same thing that you've been doing and to struggle at times it's just frustrating to watch right no no I you can't you know you you have the talent so you want to play you know the best players and like you said they've won so many games together that if you had enough games to figure it out in the long run, like it was, that's the best move. But I don't know. It's just this short series. It's they're almost in danger of like you you lose two games like trying to figure things out. But that's it. Like your season's over after you lost two games. It's I mean it's a super difficult position to be in as a coach. And these I mean these three game series are are fun, but they're like they're super brutal to coach. Like. You don't have any oh, time okay. to figure out your opponent. Like. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty incredible. It's maybe and maybe the Lynx figured it out. Maybe they come come back and, right. and beat beat LA by twenty. I. And uh, I do think they. I do think they will win, um, on Tuesday. I think, yeah, I'm not, uh, although I mean, Los Angeles has scored, you know, they scored more points in the series. Yeah, I... I don't know, it, it's tough. It depends on Abubake, she's healthy, but I'm inclined to pick the Lynx, too, just because they're at home. 
um, you know, they had the the stat on the broadcast today, like some like nine and two or seven and two, um, in a, in elimination games at home. You know, the, the the links. Yes. No, this will actually be their third time ever facing elimination at home in franchise history. Uh, I don't know what I I don't know what the stat was then. It like, sounds I don't know. I don't know what it was either, but maybe I, I just made that up. <laughs> it's okay. I'm um, watch the games, nerd. Uh, uh, what about? I think the Indiana and Chicago series is pretty interesting, and I think uh, you are going to witness Game Three firsthand. I am. I am going down to Chicago tomorrow. Well, uh, today. This will be when you're listening to this today. Um, yeah, Game Three, uh, back at Allstate Arena, the sky's like usual home home gym um, versus the Fever. In both of these, I uh, like these games have for games one and two have both been like very closely contested, and both of them could have gone either way. Um, it's you know Chicago had a lot of regular season success, but. Tamika Catchings is just not. She is not letting. Uh, she's she's not letting Indiana get get blown out in the playoffs. She she's been fantastic, um, and really really uh, frustrated Deladon um, offensively. She has twenty three plus point playoff games in her career. Tamika Catchings. She's incredible, and she's not really like she's defense first. Like, not that she's a bad scorer by any means, but like you would think of her defense before her offense. But like the playoffs, she shows up. I, and you know, people like want to talk about like clutch. You know, talk to like stats guys. They'll say clutch isn't a real thing or whatever. But I don't know. Like there's player, there's players like her where it's just. Like there was no way Indiana was losing that game at home. Um, the other day in Game Two, and it's go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's like I I don't know what the I guess maybe you just forget the times where they actually do lose, and you only remember when she succeeds. But it sure seems like Tamika Catching succeeds a lot a lot more often than she doesn't. Um, I just she's. You know, it's her fourteenth season, and it, she's playing as good as ever in these playoffs. I can't say enough about her performance. It's it's been tremendous. I think in the in the playoffs, it often comes down to matchups. You know, because you're playing in a series, and there's only you know it it has to do with matchups. And I think if you're going to pick somebody in the league to attempt to guard Elena Deladon for the length of an entire game, Tamika Catchings has got to be one of your first few, if not first option. Right. So it, I think it's because of, we talked about Indiana's depth throughout our time doing the podcast, and they've shortened their rotation, but, I mean, they have the, the six players that they, they do play, or the six or the seven that do get double-digit minutes can all score double-digit points. So yeah. it's, it's good to have that type of depth. Yep, they had, 
In game two, they had five players in double digits, and two of them were came off their bench in in Zealous and Kaiser. Um, Kaiser had, you know, she played she played really good. Um, to be honest, I really wasn't too familiar. I don't remember a whole lot of her during the regular season, but you know, she came off the bench and scored twelve points and grabbed five rebounds in in only ten minutes. Um, the other day, she was a big lift for them. But, but yeah, you're. Do you feel like Chicago is a small team? A small team? Yeah, they're primary, like they're pretty guard heavy, and then there's Deladon. But I feel like Deladon is quite big, and that's not always best for the circumstances. Um. Yeah, it's it's interesting what they. Cause like they start. I don't know, they they, they kind of, they like, they try to start big, but yeah, I think their best lineup is small, when they have Deladon, and then two of either Pondexter, Vandersloot, or Quigley on the floor, with Deladon and DeSouza and Breland, but they, it seems like they do, they, they try to start big, like they'll start Deladon along with Breland, DeSouza, and Tamara Young. At least they did the other night. And I don't know if that's, you know, I'm not really sure, like, the the thought process behind that because, like, that's never their closing lineup. Like, that's not how they play best, and I don't know why they start like that. Yeah, it's an interesting, I thought it was an interesting question that you might have a better answer to than I would and you did but it's it's weird that because I don't feel that's uncommon in a lot of levels of basketball that you have a lineup out there or at least one or two different players finishing the game that you do starting the game I don't think that's uncommon but it is curious you know, why that happens yeah and I I don't know. I you know, like I mean, like we say sometimes, we're not exactly WNBA experts, and maybe that you know comes from well, not. You could, you could maybe ask after this game three or even before it, if the press access. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that should be fun. I um. Yeah, I'm excited. You'll get to see Deladon play after all. Yeah, fi- yeah, finally. Um, <laughs> At least, hopefully, uh, <laughs> barring any catastrophic uh, warm-up injuries. Um, Phoenix sweep swept Tulsa. We should at least mention that. We don't need to go any deeper. Yeah, that was just—it was not. It's hard to watch at times. It. It was not surprising. I think the. The way that. Phoenix one about it was a little surprising because um, that was just complete destruction. I, um, I mean, like Tulsa only scored fifty-five points in game one and like sixty-seven in game two, and they have, you know, they had one of the best offenses in the league over the regular season, and they could not do anything. Griner is just unbelievable. Like, I mean, we we talked about it before when we previewed this series and that 
Tulsa didn't have anyone to deal with her down low. I mean, not that many teams do, but Tulsa really doesn't have anyone to deal with her, and she she proved that um, <laughs> just completely dominating that series. It, like you said, we don't need to go into much detail. Um, it's a it's a disappointing way to go out, in a sense, for Tulsa. In that, like, that's your last memory. Like, last game in Tulsa is just getting smacked around by, you know, by Phoenix. But I think all in all, it's a... In face of all the adversity that they had to deal with, I think that's a a pretty... You know, I think Tulsa would be happy with that season, given the, given the uh, outside circumstances. I think a lot of what the national broadcasts, which we're fortunate to have finally are have brought a unique sort of perspective into because when you watch the games between Phoenix and Tulsa you got a look at Skylar Diggins that you really didn't get throughout the season with her not playing mm-hmm. they get to see her as a teammate and they talked to her in sideline interviews and I thought that was kind of cool um, and then today's sort of Easter egg for lack of a better term was the Sparks and Lynx had to play at Long Beach College or University or whatever courts because the Staples Center was occupied. Right. And I know it's after game one, Mbubuke said, you know, she she made it sound, she took the optimistic route on it, I guess. You know, they were like, you know, our fans are going to show up no matter what. I'm sure they would rather play at Staples Center just for comfortability for, I don't know, um, but I thought it was cool because the smaller arena and with the crowd sizes that you have relative to the size of the, the stadium capacity, it's cool to have an arena with that looks full, unlike games that you see uh, live or on television in this league. Yeah, I, and like this guy, this guy had to play game one over at um, University of of Illinois Chicago, it kind of the same setup, you know, smaller gym. Um, and I agree, like it's in those you know four, five thousand seat arenas where you pack the place. It does it creates a lot better atmosphere. I just you know part of it is kind of a bad look for the league when you got you know you got a playoff game and you're playing on Long Beach's court and I I don't know maybe it's it's not possible to put in Los Angeles's court into that arena and that just might not be logistically possible I just you know that would never that would never happen in a in the NBA for or like another league you know they're not you hear about stories sometimes where like they have double book dates but like the NBA is never leaving to go play in another arena on some other team's court. Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's kind of disappointing in a way. But I guess that's, you know, still we're not going to really get into it. Uh, we'll get into it on another show. But like Silver said, it's, like Silver was talking about, it's a little disappointing. 
Um, just another kind of not you know it's not a huge deal, but it's just a, another little thing to add to the list of of just minor grievances that are that are kind of a pain, and you know you wish the league was in a better place where that didn't have to to be the case. Yeah, it's almost it, if you've ever heard anybody tell old game league stories or CBA stories, I think the WNBA is similar. Reeve and Lindsey Wayne that we're talking about it at practice last week. It's like with the stadium stuff they've had to go through, which extends from you know, the season when they were flying from Atlanta to Washington and flights were delayed and all the, just these stupid things that you know, an NBA team, if we want to make that, you know, the you know, if we want to make that how the NBA should be, although that's not entirely realistic, 100%. But uh, you know, you, you'd like to think of professional basketball, especially this one, as talented as it is, could you know avoid those things. But at the same time, Los Angeles won today. So. <laughs> I mean, maybe, yeah, they got the W. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe that's an advantage that the Lynx have a beef with or something like that. I don't, I don't know what to <laughs> say, but it's, you know, the, the silver statements, which we'll talk about on a different podcast, are, it should be a good conversation, I think. I think talking about the league as a whole is, is good conversation, regardless of what you're talking about, and considering the comments that were made about the lack of media coverage, I think you and I are, are doing our best. <laughs> so, I mean, what can you do? We're slaves to the, uh, we're slaves to the man at this point. <laughs> another, another long day in the content minds. Do you, uh, alright, so, who do you got, New York or Washington? Game three. I'm taking New York. Alright. I, I'll go Washington. I swapped on that. <laughs> so, I, I lose double. What about <laughs> Chicago, Indiana? Or do you want to keep opinions out of that one until no, later? I think Chicago wins. That, uh, that's bold. I, I can't swap on two of them, so I'll stick with the, the sky. But Atlanta scares me. I'll say that. Indiana. And then what? Indiana, that's what I said, right? Uh, I thought you said Atlanta. But. Oh, I, I meant Indiana. <laughs> I may have said Atlanta, whatever. Um, <laughs> and then you got the Lynx, or, or yeah. you got it. I think, what, you picked the Sparks in three, though. Are you, are you saying this is a flop? Did I? I, I, I can't even, did picked, I pick the Sparks? I think you picked the Sparks in three. Alright, right, then I, I got the Sparks. I mean... <laughs> I mean, I think I think you did, and I was—I may have sounded more upset at the time, but I wasn't. <laughs> but I—I I do remember going, "Oh, come on!" So, uh, oh, hey, maybe. You, yeah. <laughs> I got the Sparks then. That's my one road team that I got advancing. Well, I'm glad I swapped on the Washington thing because <laughs> they—I've been high on them all. I've been high on them all year, and that's why I'm. That's how I'm justifying the, the swap. <laughs> You've, I've, I've, I've put the words on this podcast for people who listen to. I'm accountable. <laughs> All right. You 
you have any final thoughts for for this week, the rest of round one, before we wrap things up? No, I'm. Uh, I'll be be pretty deep into the storyline. I'll be looking after to see if uh, the Lynx can pull this thing off. So I'll uh, I'll hold all thoughts until Tuesday. Sounds good. Or when, whenever we podcast next. Yep. So Indiana, Chicago, game three tonight. If you're listening on Monday, uh, eight o'clock Eastern NBA TV. Washington, New York, Game 3 on Tuesday, uh, as well as Los Angeles, Minnesota, Game 3 on Tuesday. Uh, both of those games on Tuesday are on ESPN2. The Liberty game starts at 7 Eastern, and the Lynx game starts at 9 Eastern. So you'll have a chance to catch those on some national TV. Should be uh, you know a lot of fun, all deciding games. You know, those are, everybody's going to bring it, so... Should be a good little few days of basketball here. Uh, that's a wrap for episode, I guess technically episode 7, if you're not going to count the playoff previews. I'm Jack, that was my boy Zach. Here's uh, our guy DJ Las Latino playing us out. Peace. This ain't jump. This ain't slam. The name of this record is Bounce.